Hey everybody, welcome to another episode of Adil Amarsi Unplugged. I'm your host, as always, Adil Amarsi, and I want to welcome you guys to season four of the show, and I'm happy to kick this season off with my friend Justin Devonshire. Now, Justin is live from Cyprus with us right now, and well, live with me, you guys are hearing the recording down the line, but essentially this show, as always, is sponsored by AdilAmarsi.com, and today's special host as well is JustinDevonshire.com. Go check it out. There's a ton of great articles over there on his site. Plus, he gives away, like, a lot of information, guys. Like, um, I think I give stuff away. This guy kills me. It's ridiculous what he gives away. Go there, check it out, build your business, be happy. But for now, we got Justin here right now. Justin, thank you for taking the time for doing this, man. Thank you. It's good to be here. Yeah, I think we met, like, a year and a bit ago. I think that was the last time we met, when you were in London for yeah. the... Event uh, yeah. in the the Costa the Coffee Mastermind I put on the Coffee Shop yeah. Mastermind. <laughs> that was so impromptu because I remember I was uh, I was with Amy Holland and she was like, "Yeah, it's just up here." It turned out we we're like a half an hour away from you. I was like, "Okay, we're completely lost. We're at four different Costas and we finally got there at last. It's the best." But yeah, so um, just real quickly, could you give uh, everyone that's listening just a very quick snapshot of a background? Because you have been in business for a, a while, like a really long time, and you've not really had it smooth sailing from the get-go. You kind of like built it up to where you are right now. Yeah, so um, the, the overview really is uh, I started um, in the fitness industry and uh, started as, as an employee, as many many of us do, working for somebody else, uh, learning my, my trade, and um, you know realizing that you can probably make more money for yourself and have more creative freedom by becoming a self-employed uh, solopreneur. And so uh, I, about seven or eight years ago, I, I left the UK and I stopped, I, I quit my job and I came over to the island of Cyprus uh, really Eastern Europe, um, little Mediterranean island. And, um, I wanted to come here and, and, and set up business for myself and, uh, and do it here with a better lifestyle and more sunshine and things like that. So like most self-employed specialists, then I thought that having the certifications behind my name, or I thought that being a real smart ass would get me tons of fun on autopilot. Turns out that's not the case. And um, put a long story short, you know, uh, three to four months after really struggling with no income coming in, no clients, or less than less than less than four hundred pounds a month, uh, I was a few days away from being evicted, and that's when I really had to get my shit together and learn uh, the, the marketing and sales side of things. And um, and that's what I did. And the next kind of period was me then uh, learning the marketing, funnels, ads, content marketing, all that cool stuff, sales consultations. And it really worked. And I ended up then with a fully booked roster, tons of clients coming through the door. Uh, and that's really where I hit the next challenge, which is the biggest challenge for most coaches and experts like us is then, you know, when you got marketing and sales down and you you create momentum, how do you then turn that into a real business that doesn't crush you in the weight of it? Yeah. Uh, I got stuck. I built a, I built a job around myself, not a business, where it seems fine from the outside. You know, the successful six-figure stuff looks good from the outside. Uh-huh. Uh, 
but really, you know, you have no time for a social life, no energy or intimacy in your relationships because you're working from 6 a.m. in the morning till 8 o'clock at night in the business with clients. Then I, then I was working on the business and doing the websites and the lead pages and the email integrations and the copywriting and, uh, and doing a million things. And the turning point for me then was when I realized how fragile it all was is I got news back from the UK that my mother had come down with a brain tumor. So literally overnight, it was just packing my bags, fly back to the UK indefinitely to uh, look after her. Uh, and that's when I realized that I never really had a business. It was just a job that I built for myself because my income was gone the next day. Holy shit. Just like that, you know. Um, that wasn't the main concern because I was just going back and looking after my mother and getting her back to health. Um, but, you know, you start to realize that that, that that income could be gone in a fleeting second with a situation like that. And my mother got well. She recovered, fortunately, over the next 8 to 12 months. Um, and during this time, I... I then decided I want to go back to Cyprus, start over again in business, but this time my mindset was totally different and this time I knew that I couldn't afford to let my income wholly depend on me anymore. So I went back with a new mindset to be a business owner, not a self-employed person with a job basically. Um, and that's when I went back and that's when things really started kicking off then. I, I rebuilt my gym. I brought, a, uh, I brought people in to work with me. Uh, and then, since then, I sold that studio. I've gone on to build um, and create two. Um, I own now two other gyms in the UK. Wow. That one without me. And I then started, you know, uh, my consulting agency, live event business, helping other trainers and consultants. Um, so I keep meeting these, these coaches, like trainers, fit pros, life coaches who who had great results with their clients and they were really good at what they did, but they just knew they didn't have a real business around it. And they knew it couldn't carry on that way. So that's what I help people do now. I help them escape the time for money trap, um, kind of position their business or their brand as, you know, as an authority and then learn to scale up a real business of substance. Yeah, that's actually amazing because there's something that you said there that really stuck out to me. First of all, you essentially ended up... Okay, so I, I got to ask. You're originally from Wales. You end up going over to Cyprus and you're working there and just kind of hustling, almost struggling to get by. You've got a couple of days left. Now, my key question here is what was your mindset like? Because I know I've been in those situations. When I get like that, I'm stressed to the max, like I can't even think straight because stress puts a damper on your actual creative functions. How did you get around that? Because I know there are people out there listening to this right now, they're going through the exact same thing. Like what was your, how did you manage your mindset, so to say? You mean from going from the UK to Cyprus? No, I mean when you had like a couple of days left before you got evicted. Oh, right, back then. Yeah, um, when you had like the, the couple of months of barely making anything as you go by. Yeah, so, you know, the funny thing with emotions is that fear if you're if you're if fear is paralyzing you or stress you know stress is a type of fear so if fear is paralyzing you from action it really just means things aren't that bad for you yet 
you're you're comfortable enough to whinge about it and not do anything. But you know, when when it's like done to the head time, yep. we've all been in situations like that where it is like a done to the head kind of situation. Uh, like, uh, and then that's when fear just goes away, and you haven't you can't afford to be afraid anymore. And you just it's like <clears throat> now shit has to happen. There is no other option. And that fog actually just lifts. And you just do what you knew you should have done in the first place. Everyone knows what to do. You know, I don't I don't believe there are such things as mindset blocks. I think a mindset block is just an unwillingness to do what's actually most obvious. Um, but we're still comfortable enough to to put up with our own BS. When suddenly you're not comfortable enough, you move and you just get out of your own way. And there's actually less fear at that point because there's no option anymore. And, you know, it, for me, that was that trigger point. That was the rock bottom point where you, your, your, your stress or self-pity turns into anger. And you actually just you stop being sorry for yourself and you start being angry at yourself. Right. For like, you know, what, what a loser you become why you haven't done anything and you put yourself in this position. And that anger is what you can use to then fuel you just to get up and start making momentum. And so for me, that's 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 literally what happened to that point. And, and it happened the same thing from I used to do you know, um, mixed martial arts and, and, and things like that. And it's exactly the same fight or flight response you get from, from when you're threatened like that, you know, you, you just get out of your own way and do it. So so people listening to this, you can either learn things the easy way by taking the strategies and steps that, you know, myself and Adil and other people tell you, or we can learn the hard way where life, your life experience will just knock you on your ass eventually uh, until you have to make a move. It's evolve or die at that point. Uh, and so... You can choose either way if you want to do it. Learn from experience or learn from your own experience. Um, but for me, that's what happened. It was just no other option. So you just get up, stop feeling sorry for yourself, turn that anger into movement, and um, you just get out and just, just get on with it. See, that's really interesting because that is so very true. And as Gary Halbert used to say, there is that, that, that comes to that point. You go from anger, you go from fear and laziness as you, as well, it is what it is. You're lazy. You're not willing to do the thing that you need to do to just sheer blinding anger to go through it. And something I wrote um, by the time the show comes out, it would have been a couple of months ago, back in November, I wrote a post where I was just like, I'm just done. That's the line in the sand. I'm done. If I go beyond this, I die. If I take one step back, I die. Ford is the only motion going. And that was from a place where I could embrace my anger. Now, to other people who are listening to this right now going, well, isn't being angry a bad thing? And I apologize for all the weird noise in the background. Um, we'll get that in post as much as possible. But what I'm getting at is when you hit that place of anger, it can be the greatest motivator of all. And like Justin, as a former MMA uh, fighter and now Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu practitioner, I can just tell you right now, there's been times where I'm just chilling out, relaxing. I'm in, quote-unquote, no danger for my opponent because I'm coasting. The moment I get angry, it's like it's game over. I hit harder. I move faster. I wrestle better. And it's the same with business. So, yeah, Justin's freaking hitting the nail on the head. Just take that note down and do it. Now, Justin, something I did want to ask about is you said something. You somehow, not somehow, you, you did this and you engineered this. But, like, uh, it's interesting how 
so many of our mutual friends have like keep, kept pointing me back to you. Like Trevor's done it, Yasin's done it, Brian, Carrie, everyone just keeps pointing back to you. And they were just saying to me how like, okay, no, if you want to understand content marketing, Justin. If you want to understand this, Justin. If you want to do this, just go to Justin. So my question really is, what drove you to, I would say, mastery of these of these skills, but also being deadly enough with each one that you can pass it off and know what you're doing? Like, as in, if someone brings back shit work to you, like, no, that shit, sort that out. Like, what was it? What, what spurred that on? Was it a need of understanding what to do next, or was it just bootstrapping, or was it both? So when I uh, really got into the marketing stuff and I realized um, something that a mentor taught me was that a lot of specialists, you know, fitness mindset, whatever it might be, they, they are always trying to learn more about their own field. They're trying to, you know, learn all the intricate jargon of their industry and they're trying to impress their peers, not their prospects. And what someone pointed out to me was that, you know, if you, if you, if you're already getting clients and you know how to get them results comfortably, you know enough about your subject to now start learning about business and marketing instead. And you've got to master two things. Now you've got to learn your skill and also master uh, the business and marketing side of it. So I then, that's when I then started uh, studying, you know, two hours of marketing or business knowledge for every one hour of my, my field speciality. So at the time it was fitness. So I would spend one hour studying my professional development in fitness and and you know health sciences, but I really started putting two hours into marketing, communication, things like that. Um, so the you know when, when you've got limited time, you you really want to. I always go by the eighty twenty principle. The eighty twenty rule is something that really guides my entire life, and it just makes life so much easier. So I look at what are the top skills that are going to help me communicate, communicate my message, marketing, and you know grow structures and systems, which is business development. So what, how do I structure and systemize what I do? And how do I communicate it? Sorry. Oh, sorry. No, that wasn't me. That was just me sitting down for a second. Oh, yes. So, so I look at those two skills, and that's the only thing I focused on. Then is communication of my message and structuring of the systems for the business. And if you, 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 know, you master those two things, you've got a good thing going. So um, then I further break that down. I say, right, if I'm, look, if I'm looking at marketing, communication, let's say, what are the key things to learn from that? And, and what I really, being a martial arts practitioner like yourself, we, we know that principles always override tactics. So everybody out there is looking for the tactic or the tool so they're like, I'm going to master Facebook ads, or I'm going to master Google ads, or I'm going to master Twitter, or I'm going to master these platforms. They're tools, they're tactics. I just went back and really learned communication. So, or, or you know, basic copywriting like you do. So if we understand the basics of persuasion and communication, I've never, like, I've never even used Twitter. But if I needed to tomorrow, I could make a tweet that is more powerful than 99% of my competitors. Not because I know the tactics of Twitter, but because I know how to engage, build rapport, and persuade people of my message. And so the pla so so I just focused on the principles of things like that, and then I had faith that whatever tactics and platforms and tools come and go, 
I would just know how to create an awesome message, whether it's written, video, audio. Uh, and so that's that for me. I just focus on the principle of communication, and I can adapt to any platform, any tactic. See, I keep muting myself. Sorry, because like uh, now we've got my cat waking up, which is all the best. Guys, Chase is back. He's woken up, which is lovely. Sorry, we have him as a co-host because it just got to the point where he would just say hello to everyone. Um, yeah, what I was gonna say was something that's quite interesting. That is, you've gone to essentially principles and long-term strategy and tactics for some reason a lot of people seem to sell and buy the tactic and think that if i understand this one thing i'm gonna get everything correct and like you said it's it's the essence of communication so from my perspective and i do want to know what yours is what would you suggest are some of the best books or courses you've ever taken on effective communication um i don't think i've actually I mean, there's How to Win Friends and Influence People. Classic. That's a good book. Um, I haven't really studied communication. Well, I, have, I haven't studied communication in the typical sense, but my background is in behavioral change psychology and neuroscience. Dude, could you, for, for once, just, God damn it! I thought I was going to get like one thing that would be cooler than Justin, and it's like, no, 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 I, I like communication. Justin, no, I've got a behavioral psychology thing. It's fine. <laughs> damn it. Yeah. Um, <laughs> So there's copywriting, which kind of helps you structure that, um, you know, neuroscience really, you know, from, from my days in coaching, it really helps me understand what people, what people are saying, what they really mean, and then how to kind of, you know, engage them back in a way that they respond. Uh, and then that mixed with sales copy training. Uh, and the only, the only sales copy training I've ever done, I think, is I've read Breakthrough Advertising. Great book. And I think Ultimate Sales Letter, I read half of that. Yeah, that's, I've, all, I've, that's all I've ever done on sales copy. The rest is just then taking the little bits I learned from those books and then practicing them for five years straight. Practice does make perfect. And I've always said to a lot of my students that you learn more by actually sitting down and writing ads than you do reading about them. It's, it's yeah. just practice. And you see what's out there. It's a testing mechanism. Um, so something I'm actually really curious about because I'm, I'm always – Something about you that's always got me is how you structure your Facebook posts and your content. Now, again, if you don't, you don't have to dive into the entire thing if you don't want to, but I'm trying to like more or less get it out of you is how do you actually create such engaging posts? Because that, that's something that's just mesmerizing to me. Right. So, I mean, that's, um, yeah, that's a big topic. I'm happy to dive into anything, but it depends how long you guys have got today. Um, I, I taught, I went to a hair salon yesterday. They, they brought me in to teach. Uh, 90 minutes on organic social media marketing um, alone. So some of the key principles then is number one, it's number one, first and foremost, if we 80, 20 it, 80% 80 of your results in that is just simply knowing your audience. Like, and, and having a target audience. Most people don't have a specific target audience. They, they think they have a, they have a demographic. Uh, if I say to someone like, who's your, who's the person you're writing to? Right. And they say, oh, it's, it's women or men, 35 to 55. And I'm like, that's a, that's a strange person, <laughs> right? Who yeah. is the person? What is their name? You know, and I tell them to think of a, a real person that they worked with or they know would respond to that message and, you know, call them Bob or Sheila or, and then, you know, literally write that real person you know. That's the first thing because when you know who the person is, you'll know 
what they respond to and why, and you'll know a lot more about them. So if you just get ultra specific in the person you're talking to, you'll start speaking their language a lot easier. So that's the really the one key thing is I know my audience inside out and I can articulate their problems even better than they can. So that's the first thing, you know, people have like issues in life, but they haven't really gone below a surface level. My posts will generally tend to, you know, dig into explaining, um, really going and verbalizing their problems in, in ways and details they hadn't even imagined before. And another kind of principle, which is not really touched on is that when it comes to content marketing on the front end of the business, so this is the prospects who are not your customers yet. Most people go wrong with content marketing because they try to educate their prospects on the solutions. You don't do that. Your customers get educated on the solutions. Your prospects need to be educated on the problems. They need to be educated on what really are their problems, verbalized, how extreme really are, you know, and how much denial are they in about their problems? What are the real costs of not dealing with their problem? And why do they keep repeating the same problem? That's what, when you have more effective content marketing, it's because you're doing, you're educating them about their problems, not as much about the solutions. Because that's what gets people engaged. No one, it, no one, no one wants to learn how to use your solution until they truly understand like why they're fucking up in the first place. Makes sense. Great. And people need connection before education. Everyone's trying to rush in and educate people. And you, you make a post. I could make a post that says, hey, here's like the, you know, the 59 million steps to create a business and have the life of your dreams. And I could write a 20,000 word essay and it will go over. No one, no one will respond to it. No one really wants the education or the how. They, they think they do, but they don't. But if I make a little post that just talks about, you know, hey, you know, it's that time in the morning, you wake up at 6 a.m., you question what you're doing today, you start working with the clients, you feel bad because the passion isn't there anymore, you feel drained, you feel tired, you've got a million things to do, you can't focus on the client because you've got a million calls and emails and bot messages to respond to later, you're thinking of packing it in. You want to go and get a job. That might be easier, but you promised yourself you'd never do that. And what's your wife going to think of you and your kids? Are you going to provide for them? Is this really all it's cracked up to be? Can you really build a business around the expertise or were you sold a lie? I can make a post like that and that's going to get all the, all the comments, engagement. I gave no solutions to anything. I just held up a mirror and said, is this not the shit you're going through right now? That's what people connect with. And when it comes to sales or anything, you know, we, we know that sales is about building trust, right? When they trust you, they'll buy from you. And that's what content marketing is doing. And what people don't realize is it's not giving your solutions that builds trust and rapport with your audience. They'll trust you once they see that you understand their pain. Whether you've got a solution or not, I bet people listening to this will trust me more to help them with this area now, even though I've given no real solution or step by step, I've actually just talked about the problems. People will go, this is the guy to help me. He gets what my problem is. And this, this is how therapists stay in business for so long. They just keep talking about the problems and they build trust that way, you know? Yeah. So I mean, it's, it's incredible. Cause like I'm sitting down here by the way, with uh, my notepad, just taking notes on this because it's so true. 
Because something that you're taught for so long is give value, give value, give value, just, you know, explain the solution. But no one's actually sat down and said, um, identify the problem. Kind of makes sense, you know? Well, that's, it's, it, it's, no one defines what value is. And val yeah. value is connection, not education, not yep. this level of the relationship. Yep, it is. And now I'm going to start doing that far more often. Thank you, Justin, uh, for that one. But now... Something that, like, because I know, I know we can go on for absolutely ages, and, and trust me, if, if we had all day, and I would have, but the other thing as well is because I don't want to keep you for too long, because I do want you back on here later down in the season, uh, when thankfully there aren't that many construction people in the background doing their thing. With that being said, though, with the way that you've actually uh, structured something, something I want to give everyone here, there's a massive value that you gave me and I've worked on and done in one of my niches and need to get back into doing and don't know why I didn't do any further, is the idea of the Infinity product. And it's such a simple solution to a problem that a lot of freelancers and service-based business people, even like fit pros and stuff like that, they all run into, which is if I stop having clients, I stop having money, whereas the idea of the Infinity product is you can send as much traffic to it as long as it converts, you will have money coming in. So could you give us more of an idea of the crux of how you would create said product or more so what the elements are needed for that? Because people can say that and they get complicated, they get complex and build a 15-step funnel rather than something simple. Yeah, great. So yeah, so to recap, you know, I believe if you want a scalable income, then every coach, consultant, expert needs to have a scalable product. Right, right that makes simple. Um, and we tend to think it's alien from us because we don't think of ourselves as business owners. We think of ourselves as time for money specialists. So, um, you know, I, I've always wanted a scalable income and, and to, to to have to serve more people without my time cost increasing. So. This and there's so many other benefits we won't go into, but having a product at this level it just makes things life so much easier to have a low, low paying, um, but also lower access option to work with you. And there's two things you've got to give at this level really. It's it's content and community. That's what the two people want in this level, and it's actually a lot more community than it is content. So. Um, it, it could be a membership site. It could be like a Facebook group access. It could be um, a recurring newsletter or product. You know, don't get caught up too much on um, what tactic it is. As long as it's um, like a low barrier entry, it's a recurring model. People keep paying you, so you don't you don't have to keep making new sales. Um, and what most people try and do is they, what most people do in this in this model is bog people down with content with too much information. That's the problem I see. Uh, I spoke to a fitness coach the other day who was making a, member, a membership um, model with a, with a product. And you know, he was talking about he's still making the product and he, he's on you know, module 37 or something. Damn. And I was like, dude, if I'm a typical person wanting to lose weight and I buy your online product, if there's more than five videos, I'm gonna get a refund, right? Because more, minutes to watch does not add more value to my life. It takes away my time and makes it complicated. That decreases value to my life. I'm getting a refund, you know? And so people don't care about most of the stuff you know, right? They don't care about all the jargon and the scientific stuff. So just give them the minimal effective dose of information. Uh, and then you give them that core information and then the rest of the value over time is really the community 
which gives them the support and assistance to implement that information. That's how, you know, um, my program, I, have like, I run like a 12-month um, academy program, and it's so different to other people's because other people try and like add new content every month. Right. Um, when people say to me, you know, they say, what, what new content do I get each month? And I say, you don't get any new content. You get my core product. There's enough information in that to build a scalable six-figure business. The rest of the year is just me kicking your ass to do it. I'm not giving you more stuff because people that, that, that encourages and enables their own procrastination and shiny object syndrome. And they get they, they get over they, they buy up 25 courses and then complain they're overwhelmed. Right? So I don't buy into that trap of enabling my clients that way. And um, same with you guys doing this. I don't think content is what they're gonna come for. They can get free stuff anyway, but you know, and there's more value probably in, in this podcast alone than, than courses I've seen people charge two thousand dollars for. By the way, agreed, uh, right? agreed. And so, um, but if those courses did have that element of community with them, it would be a different story. But they're just trying to—if you're just trying to repackage and sell the what you think is like the best information or the top secrets, you can't—you can't win with that these days. You can't win by by selling the best information because nothing is secret, nothing is sacred, everything is available, and we're going into an implementation economy, not an information economy. And the, the experts that realize that are going to get ahead. You know, uh, people like fitness pros who have a gym, they know this because their industry is slightly more mature. So you know, if you own a, 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 fit, a fitness gym, like. You, you don't give people new content every month. They do the same press-ups and squats over and over and over and over again. What you, what they're pay, paying you for is is the accountability, the support, the community, the tribe to enjoy that process. So people need to take a leaf out of out of that industry's book. It's a, it's a more mature industry, uh, and realize that's where the online industries are going to start moving towards. And so content, but mainly community. Um, Especially if, if you're a specialist, like let's say you're a Facebook ads expert or something like that, um, this will work better for you because your tactics will change all the time. If you make a one-off Facebook product on like how to use Facebook ads, in three months it's going to be outdated and you have to remake the product again. So it's better to give people access to something rather than ownership. We're in the access economy. So it's better to say, hey, if you pay $57 a month, You'll be in my Facebook ads in a circle where you will get all the latest cutting edge tips and tactics as as they're made available. And you know, I as the host, I'm keeping my finger on the pulse. I'm learning all the brand new up-to-date Facebook tactics, and then I'll be sharing them in this inner circle for a $57 a month investment. And that's the kind of thing people are gonna go for. Um to be on the cutting edge, to have someone to ask for support and guidance, not about your amazing product with 3,000 videos. Nobody wants, you know, that's the funny thing, everyone is trying to make like a Netflix of. Yeah. Like, make the Netflix of business, the Netflix of, nobody wants a fucking Netflix. <laughs> so Netflix true. is for entertainment when you're out of work, right? No one wants to log in and go, here's 20 billion videos for you to watch to grow your business. Right, we don't. It's a different. Um, it's a whole different ball game, and people are trying to just copy these models, and it doesn't translate. So you're in the. You're trying to help people get a result, 
they don't want they don't want your information. They want the result. They could they would they would bypass your information if they could if they could afford a done for you service. So oh, yeah, try and be the Netflix of anything. That's like the dumbest strategy in the world. I I agree entirely. And one of my favorite things I've seen so far is whenever I create programs and courses and like any kind of teaching, my my core point and I suggest everyone else follow this because Justin does this and everyone else I I respect does this. We get to the bloody point. None of this like, oh, hey, I'm going to stand here and this video can be summed up in five minutes, but I'll make it 25 minutes just because I want to. Never really understood that. And that's something that's quite interesting and prevalent amongst the communities that we've seen. And again, like you said, it's giving people enough information to take action on. I mean, of course, and it's giving them the support through the community. Now, based on that, would you say it's better to have a forum or use something like Facebook groups? Because there's just so many different ways of doing it. I'm just trying to like really par this down so when people listen to this, they have no excuses about why they're not kicking ass. So best platforms for a community? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, you know, there are other, there's plenty of platforms out there that have great features and all these things, but they're all fighting a losing battle because you won't get people off Facebook. Yep. Like Facebook groups aren't, you know, they're not optimal. There's a lot of downsides to them, you know, especially when it comes to organizing content and things like that. But that's where people are. And I always tell people, like, if you try and, like, fight Facebook, you're, you're a moron. Like, Facebook will beat you, right? Let people stay on Facebook because it's where they want to be. And so I've only ever used Facebook groups um, the only difference would be like with my team, with, for team communication, we use things like Slack uh, or Asana and other communication tools because, well, it's they're paid easier. to show up there. They ha- oh, yeah, they're paid to show up on those platforms because they're my team. They have to. Yeah. Customers. Um, I would just say keep it on Facebook. It's easier. Thank you for that. Oh, you have no idea how good that feels. I've had the same conversation with about three different quote-unquote membership experts. And they're like, no, it has to be done this way. I'm like, guys, no, Facebook is easier. Trust me on this one. It's where people want to be. Fine, store your content on offsite. If you need to give people that information when they buy, happy fun times. But for community, make sure, like, if you want to have engagement, go to Facebook. Facebook They're the biggest company in the world, and they've just said at the start of this quarter that building communities is their top priority in the next 10 years. Why the fuck would you not want to be on their side? Agreed. It's like saying, I want to make videos, but I don't want to use YouTube. Yeah. Like, well, you're stupid. Pretty so. much. My personal favorite thing about that is that Facebook have released Creator as well, which they're giving you ex- – like, they've, they've hijacked their own algorithm to make sure if you use the Creator app on your phone, um, they will give you a boosted ranking on your, the rest of your content. Yeah, yeah, definitely. It just reminded me, actually, I've got to go and download that app right now. So I'll- <laughs> yeah. I actually picked it up from uh, a couple of my friends who were actually using it. I was like, I wonder what this thing is. I just signed up for it. And it's surprisingly, because I don't like using, I don't like having Facebook on my phone. But for this app, totally worth it because it's engagement. It's might as well go ahead and use it because, hey, they're giving you a free ride. You might as well take advantage of their tools. With that being said, though, however, I do want to ask like um, something that is prevalent that I did want to ask so shit what was it that was it yeah it's a mindset question more than anything now mindset that we've that we've discussed is that you have that gun to head you have that gun to head moment but sometimes and i know 
my method I'll share in a minute of how to get to that gun to the, a gun to the head moment in your business. Uh, because there are times where it hurts, but it doesn't hurt enough that you can take it away. And let's be honest, you don't want to push yourself to rock bottom where you're penniless and practically almost homeless, eating absolutely nothing for days on end. You want to get to that, okay, I need to take action mindset as quickly as possible and safely as possible. So I, that's what I'm asking you. Like, how would you do it? Because the way I do it is I sit down and just write down all the people that would laugh at me. Because that's my deep-rooted issue is that I have uh, all those quote-unquote haters that I remember used to say sh- that talk shit about me. <laughs> I write their names down and go, okay, people that will be happy that I failed list. And then the reasons why. And then after that, I'm like, okay, no, I, I can't let them win. I have to be competitive. I have to go do this. But what's your method? Um, yeah, so there's, there's, there's numerous things at this level, but you, you're on the right principle that it's negative-based goal setting is always what will work better at this point. Um, and that's a neuroscience concept that, to quickly explain, you know, when you're in that state of, uh, like, survival mode, no amount of, like, positive thinking, big goal setting is going to work because when you're in that survival mode, it's the brain stem or the reptilian part of the brain which is overriding communication right now. And all it wants to do is stay alive. And so the, the prefrontal cortex of the brain or the frontal lobe of the brain, which is where your human aspirations, dreams, desires come from, is literally switched off, right? Because you're, and it's not a bad thing. It's not self-sabotage. It's like your brain is saying, you need to pay the bills and feed yourself. Stop thinking about your stupid like goals to save the world and feed Africa and all this shit. Go get money. Right. And so people try and like positive think out of it and you can't because your brain is not accessing those neurons. So you definitely in the, it's, it's right. It's negative goal setting is going to spur you to action. Getting angry about shit is is really what's at stake here. So I like your way of doing it. For me, um, for me, one one thing that always worked well for me was 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 literally negative goal setting of asking what is the worst, worst thing that will happen of me taking this risk? And identifying what exactly are you afraid of? And whose opinion are you afraid of? And this is how I made the jump actually from the UK to Cyprus the first time when I said, now, what's the worst thing that would happen? If I get to Cyprus and I don't make any money, then, okay, I'll go and stay with a friend on the sofa. Okay, what if, that, what if it gets 10 times worse than that and my friends kick me, on the, kick me out and won't help me out? Okay, then I guess the worst thing that happen is I would ask my mum to fly me back home on EasyJet back to the UK and I would go and live with my parents again. And what's the worst thing about that? Um, I'll be pretty much back where I started from right now. And then you realize that raises the fog and you see there's actually not much threat actually in this, in this choice you're making. Um, so that, that helps a lot, really diving into the worst case and try and expand the fear. I can see it actually, it actually disappears. It really does. And something that John Carlton once said to me was, uh, back when I was like 19, God, that was a long time ago, um, was this idea that, very similar to where I got the whole idea of the list, and there's a negative firing to get it working, like negative goal setting, was um, who who's your biggest dissuader? Like, who's the person that doubts you the most? 
who seems to who who will gain the most in satisfaction for your loss and for me at the time it was like an ex-girlfriend he was like great spare that on if you don't write copy well she won if you write copy well you win go same principle always works and it's brilliant um i do like your concept of like having the worst case scenario okay what's the worst that could happen here if i if i take this risk it's just interesting how the human brain works and again don't get me wrong i'm all for positive thinking and doing positive st stuff and if you came to my house and saw the books that are on my shelves yes a lot of them are positive that's interesting that's another point I actually like to touch on that most people don't talk about is there comes a point when you get out of that moment you get that momentum going at first you, you come from a place of moving away from pain, and there'll come a point when you start making money, you start getting more financially secure, you start getting more confident in your, you know, you, you don't care about other people's opinions as much, and that's when you can't rely on that same motivation anymore, because now you're not driven by the same desire, and that's where a lot of people get stuck, and they lose their drive, and they then stop the habits and fall back into that same cycle. You've got, to, you've got to learn to find that point when you do start getting momentum and the financial insecurity fades away a little bit. You've then got to change from motivation, moving away from pain. You've got to now find inspiration and move towards pleasure because now you can access the frontal lobe, set some big impact goals which, which help other people because when you're financially stable, you don't actually want to you – don't, you, don't, you don't care for a lot after that. So that's when you do need to switch the focus and then use, you know, then use positive thinking, contribution, goals like that. That's what takes you up to a high six, seven figure business because won't, money won't drive you past six figures because you're already earning like six times better salary than most people you know at that point. So that's the point I want to touch on there. That, finding that point to pivot, that's what most people don't do and they get stuck in that angry resentment motivation stage for far too long and it drives them out of success. Yeah, that is actually very, very true. And interestingly, you just touched upon something that just made me really realize something I was doing my own business. But it's so powerful because you want to, like, the truth is, at least the way I'm looking at it, mentally is that most people get told, start off, you know, positive goal setting, rah, rah, all that, the other. When in reality, you want to kind of start off with the negative goals, uh, goal set. Well, you want to set your goals in a negatively impactful way, meaning, you know, who's going to laugh at me? How am I going to, um, what's the worst that can happen here? What would happen? What's the worst that can happen from this risk? Now you have all that there initially to get you, as you said, into motivation, moving forward, getting you towards the thing that you want. And then you want to switch it up halfway through into inspiration, which is more positive impact goals to continue that moment, momentum moving forward. Right? Mm-hmm. That's yeah. actually really, really powerful because I didn't really sit down and think about my own stuff that I do that way. But when you were talking, my brain just went, oh, that makes way more sense than what we were doing before. So that's interesting. Now, we're at my favorite part of my show, which I always love bringing up because, well, to be fair with you, this entire show has just been an epic ride and an expansion of my favorite question, which is where if you were to give three pieces of advice to anyone that's starting out in business, what would they be? And honestly, I think it would be just rewind, listen to this, rewind, listen to it again, and take notes and rewind a third time and actually take action on everything that you've spoken about because there's just so much here. So I'm going to change that question to a very simple, easy question for you to, uh, easy for you really. And that is if someone wanted to reach out to you and actually work with you, Justin, what would be the best way they could do so? 
So, you know, um, depending if you are someone, if you're in the startup phase, you know, you're kind of under six figures, you're you know only making the first few thousand a month, then I would say join my uh, free group, uh, which is called Grow Your Expert Business. Um, so people in that startup phase, really, I just kind of help out for free now and they get tons of good stuff in that group. Uh, if, uh, the, the clients I tend to work with, um, like mentoring at a fee, are those of you who already have momentum, Maybe you're making you know five k or more a month already, and you've proven and validated your offering. Like you, you have confidence in what you're doing, but you just want to know how to get to the next stage, how to turn it into a real business, how to systemize it, how to grow a team and scale up. Um, that then is um, there's an opportunity to join my mentoring program for that called the Expert Business Blueprint uh, and Mastermind and. Um, best thing to do for that is just go to www.justindevonshire.com forward slash mastermind and you'll get all the information about how you can apply uh, and see if you're a good fit for our program for that. But I will say it's not for everyone and it's not cheap. That's always a good thing. That's basically how you want it. And guys, I will test right now. Join that free group. I'm not even kidding. I'm there. And the amount of information that you get on a daily basis, not just from Justin, but by other members as well, is ridiculous because there are a lot of experts in there that do go out there, they do deliver, and they just write up posts because it's a sharing environment. It's ridiculous. Like, I, I think you did the content contest recently as well that I was a part of. Mm -hmm. There was enough information on just the thread where, guys, if you join, have a look through, just type in content contest, uh, hashtag content contest on that thread and you'll find justin's literal layout of hey everyone go read these exact posts because by the time you've read them and spent i don't know 10 20 minutes doing so pick a couple go with it by the time you're done with it you'll have everything you need to actually get your business rocking and rolling right away plus there's all the free stuff that justin gives you that's insanely good that should actually be charged for to be fair and like we said you'll learn more and you'll understand more in those in those free things and this podcast than if you pay two grand in most courses that you find online today, which, you know, is a, is a real black guy for the industry. But hey, we're here trying to give as much possible information that's actionable and help you guys out as possible. So again, Justin, thank you so much for taking the time to do this. I know we've had a, uh, we've had a little bit of time trying to get everything sorted, but I'm glad that we managed to jump on today. Yeah, thanks. It's been great. Oh. Again. oh, most definitely. Looking forward to having you again. Guys, go check out justindevonshireorshire.com. It's uh, on links, as always, in the description below. And most importantly, take action, please. Just do some cool stuff and take action. It'll always make us all happy. Take care. And as always, I've been your host. I'll see you on the next episode of the show. Bye.